Welcome to podcast number 34. In this episode, we were graced with the presence of Olympic bronze medalist and Floyd Mayweather trainer, Nate Jones. So y'all sit back and enjoy. You know the vibes. This ain't one of them times you can slide by what you say that you're gonna do. Put your money up, run that phase, I'm just showing proof. You know the vibes, why not? Ain't got no ways up in my guys. I clown in the day, gone in the mind, y'all not. I've been on fire lately. Train my spirit, mind, and body daily. Victory is sweet, that's the science, baby. It's only right we represent from Tampa to Tally. And keep the pressure on these eyes, they call you lacking. Till you flapping on the canvas and bombing and weaving. Unleashing the fury on your face while the audience screaming. Hope they got great seats or the pay per view. Let's get the breakdown from JDJQ. You know the vibes. What up, what up, what up, boxing world? It's Boxing Vibes TV. We're coming back at you again with the best boxing analysis on Spotify, YouTube, and what we what Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Okay, we're coming mm-hmm. at you again. <clears throat> we still down a down a member, but we have a special guest in the building. We got mm-hmm. the rugged warrior heavyweight Nate Jones. Some of y'all may Nate know Jones. Nate, Who? Nate, Nate Jones. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Some of y'all may know him. Y'all may see him around with mm-hmm. Mayweather, but he is a fighter, a very good amateur. So give it up mm-hmm. for Nate Jones. What's up, everybody? What's up? Hey, hey, okay. Now Q ain't here, so we gotta tell him what to do. We gotta tell him what to do. All y'all listening, watching, please like, share, subscribe. Do that. Support the movement. Do that. And I think we got a little something to do, man. You know, we yeah, got a yeah, tradition. You know, it's, it's a tradition here on Box of Vibes TV podcast okay. that we always have a quote of the pod. Let them have it. All right? And this week's quote of the pod is, you don't know shit about <laughs> boxing. 100%. <laughs> Floyd and the, Jr. And, and, right? that, and that's none other than the pretty boy himself, the money man. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to go ahead. We got a little sponsor to kind of kick it to. So go ahead, Jay. You get him. Uh-huh. And matter of fact, this is sponsored by the Nate Jones Foundation. So please reach out if you want to collab on helping out with the community. Please reach out to the Nate Jones Foundation. I'll let you go ahead, plug. Yes, sir. Nate Jones Foundation, man. Help me out. Nate Jones Foundation. Giving back to the kids in Chicago. Showing them that life is bigger than killing and doing and doing positive things in their life. Yes, sir. Definitely, definitely, definitely need that. <clears throat> So you want to go ahead and jump off the questions? Yeah, I'll go ahead and we're going to put you on the hot seat, all right? <laughs> I'm ready. We, we, know, we know you did your thing as a heavyweight, uh, the golden gloves, all right? So tell us from someone who had an amateur background, and you were very, very extremely successful, and let us know what are your thoughts these days in boxing with these highly regarded, highly touted fighters who are up here with 300 and so amateur fights, and, and get, they come in, get title fights right out the gate. Title fights, yeah, right out the gate. Up. So, so how, how do you feel about that compared to your fighters who they get the amateur experience, but then they come in and work their way up the pro ranks? So, well, what are your thoughts on that? Well, well, my thoughts are that um, you can be in the amateurs too long, okay, and it shows because I don't. Floyd Mayweather only had maybe seventy six amateur fights, mm-hmm. okay. and look at his career, right? And he, and he still fight now. Um, I think the 300 or 400 fights is almost too much. Mm-hmm. I had 285 fights, and I I think that's about too much. Okay. I would say over 150 is too much. Okay. I think okay. 150 is the base. And t- with these kids getting bigger and stronger and harder, mm-hmm. young kids, six years old, six five, six six, they don't need to be, they don't need 
that wear and tear. Yeah, right. wear and tear. Because mm-hmm. it's good. then now the the amateurs they, they don't use a lot of amateurs in the Olympics and Pan Am Games and the World Championships. They don't wear hair gear. Right. I don't yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I think amateurs should stand hair gears. Amateurs shouldn't have more than 150 fights. That's the limit. And they have a, a longer professional career like Floyd. Okay. Makes sense. Most yeah. definitely. Wait, you want to keep going? Or? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Jump in. So, <clears throat> staying in the heavyweight division, there was um, uh, an announcement by the WBC. We, we, we talked to uh, Fraser Kendall about this in a previous show. Um, they come up with this Bridger weight. Um, it's supposed to be um, kind of a go-between because, as you were talking about, like the heavyweights are getting bigger and stronger. Yeah. So it's supposed to be one of, you know, I think the limit's, what, 224? Yeah, right? 224. So mm-hmm. how do you feel about um, that? I mean, a couple of uh, weeks ago, was it three weeks ago, we heard mm-hmm. Mayweather's comments as far as there being too many belts. Now, with them creating this division, you know, there's going to be the ring magazine right. belt, the, uh, you know, uh, all these four or five no, six, four, you know, how sanctioning how bodies that's going right. to jump in on, especially if mm-hmm. it's profitable. Um, how do you feel about the bridge weight division? And are there too many belts? Well, I do like the other division. I think okay. it'll be a good idea because between cruiserweight mm-hmm. and the new bridge weight, I think that'll be because uh, between cruiserweight and heavyweight is big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of these guys just be too big. I think making another way, let's see how it goes. Let's give it a try. I'm cool with that. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But um I don't like all these like the like the Timo like I like the Timo Lopez, very good fighter. Mm-hmm. I don't it's too many belts. It should be one champion. I think they should buckle it down to uh, like the WBC, WBA. Okay. And that's it. My opinion. But I think it'll take a lot to change those rules and we're far fetched from that right now. But I do believe that making the um, that bridge, what's it, what it called again? Bridge of weight. Bridge of weight. Mm-hmm. weight. I mm-hmm. thought, let's try it out. Let's see. Let's see. Because there's a lot of big guys. Mm-hmm. These kids coming in young, six, seven, six, nine, seven feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. You know what I mean? So let's let's see what they do. And if it and if it pay out, it may pay out the work. And I think it could be a good idea. And now, oh. now, now to the point with the belts. Just to just to uh, piggyback off of Jay's point. What do you think about, you know, even going down in some of the lower weight classes, what do you think about how they view belts in general overall in boxing right now? Do you think they really mean something? Because I think on a previous file, we spoke about uh, Miguel Cotto some years back. He actually vacated a belt because uh, one of the sanctioning bodies wanted like 300K as a sanctioning fee. So he said, hey, man, y'all can have that back. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know who I am. I'm Miguel Cotto. That belt doesn't validate me. So tell me, do you feel like a belt these days really validates a fighter or it's kind of just a nice trophy? What's your thought on, on belts? To me, general? I think it's another way of getting a sanction. sanction, mm-hmm. sanction fee. Fee. Mm-hmm. I think they should break it down. I think the sanction fee should not be as much as it used to be. Mm-hmm. And I think they should WBA, WBC, and IBF. That's it. Okay. That's what I that's what I grew up knowing. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe the WBO, but it shouldn't be no more the WBU and... Um, franchise uh, champion. Right. Franchise <laughs> champion. Yeah, right. And a super champion. That's just too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of, I know it's good for a lot of fighters. There's a lot of belts and a lot of people feel like they're champions. 
but it only should be it only should be one or two champions in the world, right? At each weight class until they fight each other and become one champion, right? And That's my way of looking at things, and I'm used to old school, so mm-hmm. I can't I can't wait till they do it that way again because it's too many belts, right? It, like Floyd belt. said, it, it, yeah. And ju- just to piggyback off that, I mean, it, I think it would kind of clean up the sport too, right? Right. Because back, you know, before it was, you know, you know, one belt, one champ, you know, you had fighters who actually you know you had a line to get to mm-hmm. now you have fighters you know they're saying they're champ and this and that and they can be taken advantage of by fees mm-hmm. and all this other stuff and before it, the 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 title meant something and now it's more so if because you look at mayweather you know he was like i don't care about no belts you know they mm-hmm. just collect dust right at this point once you get to you know a point in your career you make the belt the belt doesn't make you one mm-hmm. you, you know and so yes. I, I i i would definitely like to see the respectability of being the champ and having that belt, you know, like the only person that should have it should be the lineal champ. You know, mm-hmm. if you guys want to, you know, one or two belts under that is fine, but the lineal champ should be the champ. Yeah, mm-hmm. the champ. So, like, but uh, go, go ahead. Go we ahead. all knew Muhammad Ali was the heavyweight champion. Of the world. Right, right, everybody right. Knew right. That. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew Sugar Ray Leonard was the one hundred forty weight champion in the world. We all mm-hmm. knew that. Yeah. So it wasn't no. Who, where is he from, or which mm-hmm. belt he got? Yeah, it was always we knew it was either Muhammad Ali mm-hmm. and the heavyweight. It was Sugar Ray Leonard in the welterweight, yep. mm-hmm. and it was like in the in the small ways you had Aaron Pryor and those guys like that. Now you don't know. It's just it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Too mm-hmm. many champions. Mm-hmm. The super heavyweight. All right, <laughs> right. Way too many. Yeah. Way too many. Now I'm gonna pin you to the seat on this question, man. <laughs> we, we gonna we gonna take it down to the welterweight division. All right, <laughs> the fight that we all want to see. And I know you heard this a thousand times. We know it's Errol Spence versus Terrence Bud Crawford. Who would you have if they possibly make that fight before Errol probably goes up a division and starts fighting heavy? Junior middle. Who, who, who would you have if Bud and Errol went at it? Well, one thing I did say is um, I. Picked Earl Spence, but when I seen the the stuff he used to do, like drinking a lot, which he don't mm-hmm. do right now, mm-hmm. um, I said him doing that, he's not gonna be Crawford oh, okay. because Crawford walked that thin line. Mm-hmm. You gotta walk that thin line when them two boys at the top like that. You can't mm-hmm. play games like that, mm-hmm. and that was gonna cut his career short. I ain't like it, but after the accident, if he's still the same. Mm-hmm. Earl Spence, I'm going to get an edge Earl Spence, but a, a very slim man. Slim one. Slim one. Because <laughs> I like Crawford, man. Yeah, they yeah, both. Crawford's hey, I'm nice. listening. I'm team Bud. He over here, Spence, man. Spence, I'm team man. Bud. I, like, I, I, give, I give the half edge uh, to Spence. Spence. Okay. But that's going to be a big fight. I'm going to, I will, I can't wait for it to happen. I'm going to be tuning in. I'm going to, if I ain't there, I'm gonna be paying pay per view. I'm gonna yeah, watch that yeah, fight. That, that's, that's the fight. How Spence said, uh, "But you too light in ass." Yeah, man. But hey, listen. <laughs> but I think this that that, that fight with um, um, Kell Brook, man. Uh, he had some mm-hmm. pop. I, yeah, I, he yeah. showed a lot in that yeah. Kell Brook fight, mm-hmm. and he made a statement, and mm-hmm. I like yeah. that because, you know, um, Earl Spence fought him, so it's kind of tougher fight. And yeah. yeah, and but he got him out of there. Got him out. It's, it made a statement, and um, I just I think. That's the the beginning stage of this fight, mm-hmm. and everybody can start talking about that because we, um, that's the upbringing of that fight. So let's just kick it in. Right, you can't let time go past. Too much time go past so, behind this big win. So, mm-hmm. so I, I, 
we man, we had a big debate about this. I'm a big Sean Porter fan as well. Sean Porter made a statement saying, I saw what I need to see. I want the fight. How do you think that fight pans out? Do you like Sean Porter in that fight, Bud Crawford? I know some people may say I'm going to tell you this. I told people that. <laughs> That's the one. I don't know if, if um, Bud could be. Y'all think so? Yeah. Thank, okay, That's that one fight. Thank you. Thank you. That's I'm that one. You. Style McFison. Uh-huh. Style-wise, right. Porter, to me, beats him. Making yeah. it rough and rugged. Rugged head button. Mm-hmm. This is a crazy fight, yeah. man. Uh-huh. Some weird happens, uh-huh. and you know, the, the, but that don't rattle Porter. He do it all. He gonna mm-hmm. find yeah. a way to win. Mm-hmm. And I like Porter in that fight. That's the one person that can clearly, to me, give Crawford all he wants. Okay. And you know, that's actually um, we were speaking about this uh, before. I think if Crawford doesn't get the Pacquiao fight that he wants in the spring, I really think that Sean Porter and Bud end up going at it in the spring. Yes, that um, and that's gonna be a dangerous fight for Bud. But I like Bud. I respect him. He's a good fighter, a good champion, but I don't know if he be no hungry, hard-working porter. <laughs> that, dude's a, that dude's a junkyard dog, and I like him. I respect him and his father. They're good, you know, they're good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're real good. Right, people. most yeah. definitely. And to wrap this up, I really speak to the people about your foundation. Yeah, you know you're doing a lot, 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 a lot of great things. Well, in the I got my Nate Jones Foundation. Um, I grew up in Cabrini Green, the rough part of Chicago. The projects, one of the worst projects in the country. And I just felt like, after winning my bronze medal and after my box career was over with, I decided to get my own foundation, give mm-hmm. back to the kids, show these young brothers where I'm from that life is more important than um, how how to take care of your family. You need to take care of your family. Mm-hmm. Life is more important than, than being a, a drug dealer or being a, a, a alcoholic. You have kids. You have things. You have kids to raise. You got to eat right. Eat the right food. All this stuff, all these kids these days eating McDonald's and, mm-hmm. and eating cheesy puffs. <laughs> no, no, let's go back to the old school where, mm-hmm. where our parents watched what we ate right. and watched how we conducted ourselves. And, and I, th- that's what my foundation is about, is raising young black men and women to be young men, to be champion in and outside the ring. You, you, might, not, you might not be a boxer mm-hmm. in my foundation. You might be just... A, a working person that I have out that, that I encourage to do something positive. You know what I mean? It's, it's more about we got to help each other these days. And I, I'm really with helping my community and making a difference with my foundation and showing these kids. If I'm from where, I'm where, where you from, the same block. Mm-hmm. I went to the Olympics, man. Mm-hmm. You can do the same thing. And them kids, they look me in my eyes, they believe me. And that's the one thing. I, when I talk to kids and I see the eyes, it touches me. They be like anything I say, they they will do, and so I, I can use that for a good, powerful reason more than showing them how to hold a gun or something stupid. I'm gonna show them how to be a champion, how to be a young man, how to raise your son, how to take care, of your mother. You know what I'm saying? That type of stuff. That's important to me. Well, definitely, man. Most we definitely, we man. appreciate Salute. you, man. We support you, Nate Jones Foundation, man. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been you on a- social media where they can support you. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm at um um on Instagram. I'm at ninety six Nate Jones, mm-hmm. and at social and on um, Facebook, I'm at Nate Jones. Period. Nate Jones. So check me out, man, and um, come out to Chicago. And if if, if look me up. I'm, my hey, we gym, coming, we coming. Yeah, we gonna be my gym is ABC Boxing Club. ABC, it's on okay. the west side of Chicago. Look it up. Come out there and get up with me. I can help you out as far as teaching the boxing game or just being a friend or being a mentor. 
Come right. check me out, Chicago. All right, appreciate right. it. Appreciate Nate Jones, that. everybody. Appreciate Thank you so much for coming. Who? Nate Jones. Nate Who? Nate Jones. Hey, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all, brother. Right, appreciate right, it. I appreciate it, sir. All right, thank you so much, man. Oh my goodness, man, that was crazy, man. We're just sitting here chilling in the GLA, right? GLA studio down at the Signature Punch uh -huh. Training uh, Center, and man, we had Nate Jones come through, just right. pop up to show us love, man. We Who Nate him. Jones? Nate Jones, you know, what I'm saying? we appreciate him coming through, man. That was Most big, definitely, man. Like um, that was shocking, man, but uh, it was yeah, great, man. Now he showed love, man. He showed love. He showed mad love, man. And shout out to Nate, his foundation. Shout out to uh, this luscious, beautiful studio, GLH Media. Hey, hey you know listen, I mean? man. Look, look. Y'all come check it out, man. It's real nice down here right. in Tampa, Florida. But what we going with this, man? We, get, we, hey, we, listen, we got man. a little bit more so, time So we, 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 ain't, we ain't even speak on this yet, but uh -huh. I know if it's for y'all that's following us and, and seeing the big blowout about um, Bud Crawford and him fighting uh, Kel Brook. Now, I will be first to say, uh -huh. if you look on the clip, there is a clip where... Uh, Julius is like, he need to go beat Brooke. And, right. And listen, right. And, listen, <laughs> and, and listen, I was a little skeptical just because I didn't like the contract. Um, the weight was, you know. The, the no the rehydration the, the, Yeah, the right. hydration mm -hmm. thing was a little off to me, but. Um, I guess Bud said it didn't matter. He said 170, 200. Right. Didn't matter. Uh -huh. he, you know, he took care of business. Um, so go ahead, man. What 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 was your reaction to the knockout? I'll, I'll give you my my reaction after. I just want to see what you got to say, man. My reaction. I'm gonna be honest, man. Even though I said on our previous pod that I felt like he should just you know handle business and blast him, right? And I I kind of felt that ultimately, but felt he would get him out of there at some point. But I came front, man. I don't know if Bud even thought he was going to get him out of there that hey, soon, man, No, he did. Hey, listen, I, I, I don't when, think he knew. When he hit him, he stepped back because he didn't even know it was like that. that, that you know? <laughs> but but here, here's the thing I will say. Um, boxing is a mixed bag like that, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think I texted you before the fight. I said, and we were going back and forth, and I said, it, it, fights like this are weird with the anticipation because a guy mm -hmm. losing his legs can just, you know, that's yeah, really It could be over in a, yeah, in a heart. And, a heart. And, and that's exactly what happened, even though I was tilting behind the scenes off the show. I was tilting towards Brooke just because I was thinking we we're going to get special K. Mm -hmm. And for the first few rounds, we did, you know, and, and he was, it was a tit for tat. But I text you when the first when the first round started and I looked at the body language and I was like, this is Bud's fight. Mm -hmm. And Kelbrook admitted it. You know, he was never comfortable. Right. Right. And, and you could see he wasn't ever really comfortable. And that's when, you know, you I think Bud probably knew he had him as soon as he came out and he could go to that switch hit stance and, and switch it up. I don't think he got that, would, thought he would get that KO. And I've learned, I've learned one thing. I've learned uh -huh. this. When a fighter's go-to line is, I'm in the best shape of my career. Don't trust him. Don't trust him. Don't trust him. <laughs> don't you, know, you know what's interesting about that is um, I don't know if you got an opportunity to catch um, the fighters meeting, but they did a fighters meeting. Of course, it included Andre Ward, um, Timothy Bradley, and all of those who were going to be, you know, associated with the telecast. And they sort of really pinned Kell Brook, you know, to the chair and really was like, hey, man, let us know what's up, you know, because yeah. we don't want to hear no excuses after the fight is over. We want to legitimately know, are you really in the best shape of your life? And like you said, he said, I'm the best shape ever. Man, man. <laughs> the yeah, best shape and, and, ever, but man. See, I, there's, a, there's a line of, there's a, there's a lineage of fighters who say that when they know they got a tough hill to climb, mm -hmm. and, and that's really their sticking point. And um, 
it was telling when he was just talking about the size he was going to come in and right. how the, the best shape of his life. He, he, he I, told Bud on I, the scale, I'm going to fill out. Yeah, watch, nah, watch, I'm going to fill man. out. He did. And when I saw him warming up, I was like, boy, that boy big. Yeah, you, you, know did, you did say that. I said, mm-hmm. that boy big. Um, But it didn't matter. And, and and one of the things is, I don't know, you know, as fighters age, they get a little chinny. Mm-hmm. Or, but it, it, it was anticlimactic, number one. Yeah. It was exciting. It's, it's, it's weird in a way. It was anticlimactic and it was... Um, um, exciting in a way, just because we thought Bud was going to get a real test. It looked like, right? right? It looked mm-hmm. like in the beginning, um, it was a, a, a good back and forth, right. a good cat and mouse game. First couple rounds, yeah, and he can give as good as he got, and all that whole thing was going to happen. We thought we were going to see that test, mm-hmm. and then just a perfect, yeah, perfectly pe- placed jab. Just he lost his legs. Right. Lost his equilibrium. He even he asked his corner what happened. Mm-hmm. That's how I, that's how you know because he, he, he's probably like ain't right. no way in hell I just got right. hit with a regular right. jab. And, and you know you know what's crazy <laughs> about when I first saw it, um, Kel's nose immediately started bleeding. So what I thought was oh shoot, Bud just broke his broke, nose. Broke his nose. And shockingly, after the fact, he yeah, did it. Right. Like, yeah. Right. He didn't break his nose or anything like that. And I think it was just. Uh, like I said, man, I think it was that Pac Mark effect, man, where oh yeah, where just right on the was going, time. he was going in at the direct time that Bud was throwing that jab. And now I have to salute Kel because even after the fight, Kel did talk and uh, he he took a few interviews and he made no excuses. So I, I got to salute him that he ultimately did not make any excuses in the fight. Now, an intriguing thing about Bud, man, an intriguing thing about him, what I what I found in this fight, and I don't know if any fighter is going to be able to figure it out, but, you know, Bud is typically, um, he's right-handed. So, really, he should fight in the orthodox stance, you would think, when it right. comes to, to fighting. But what I found is Bud has the most dangerous right hook out of the southpaw stance. So what Bud typically, because even if you go back and when you get a chance, man, check out the knockout of Mean Machine. The last dude where there was a controversial. Right, right. Check that out where he did the same thing where when Bud goes southpaw, what he's essentially doing to a fighter is he's putting his power hand closest to you. Right. And he's absolutely devastating with that right hook with that arm close to you or that jab. And, and I he's really quick did, enough to right, land it in succession right. and, and keep it coming. You know, and, 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 and so I, I really, I really found how that's really kind of the code that he, that he implements on a fighter when that typical orthodox stance kind of d- doesn't, doesn't work out for him. Now there, there was some fallout from the fight. There was, and, and let me just shout out Kelly Brook for, for being in shape and ready for the fight. I mean, mm-hmm. I was really disappointed. It was, it has to be heartbreaking to work that hard. Right. And then just get blasted jab, out of nowhere. A, a jab, <laughs> a jab, you know, a, a well-placed jab just, but right. that's, that's the sport of boxing, man. It's uh-huh. a mixed bag. You'll get, you know, but there was some fallout from that. I, I was watching the, the, the interview mm-hmm. and they posed a question, you know, one of the big fights coming essentially. Right. Right. And, Bud didn't say a word. You Bud didn't say a word. He, 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 he looked at Uncle Bob. He looked at right. God, you know, the Bob father. He looked at Aaron. Hey, Bob like you were selling out. Yeah, okay, yeah, man. Yeah, he was Aaron, selling out. Hey, listen, I'm going to do my Aaron. <laughs> listen, um, you'll put, you can put him in there with the military. Right, right, He'll blast right, him right. off. Hey, he was like, please don't leave. Please. Hey, baby, please. <laughs> hey, he was begging like he sweat, bro. Yeah, begging like he sweat. He was like, he'll beat Spence and, Gar- and, and, and right. Garcia in the, in the same night. And I'm like, no right. hell he won't. But he'll, he might beat them both, you know, 
different nights. But I, I, I get, you know, the hyperbole of he was just basically selling his fighter, mm-hmm. which brings me to the point that we were making in the other podcast. I don't think he's been selling him like he should have been. <sighs> And you were uh-huh. adamant you stay with him, but you stay with you kick his ass. Yeah, I wish right, we could right. go back and play that sound, but right, you, hey, hey. and you see what Bob can do. But it seems like um, I don't know. They call it a seven year itch. I don't know how long they've been together, but you yeah, get the it's point been about that. Yeah, it seems like it might be time to part because Bob Arum said something very interesting. He basically said he's not losing any more money. On Bud, right, right? right, and then he made a claim. He like, not, no, he said he's not going bankrupt. Yeah, he's not going bankrupt, bankrupt. but but he also said he's not going to lose any more money over mm-hmm. him, and he could the money he's lost he could have built a really nice house in Beverly Hills. A really nice house, so <laughs> disrespectful, <laughs> which so is a hell of a thing to say. I mean, you think you know at some point you know Bob might have thought I got the best. I had two of the best. I got mm-hmm. t- the two top pound for pound fighters. Right. Maybe he could have did a better job of promoting them. You know, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what, what, uh, you, you were passionate about him staying with Bob. I want to hear what you got to say. Man, now, nah, here's what I was passionate about. I was passionate about him right now in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, <laughs> not dipping just yet. Now, it, it sounds like by all accounts, um, like you said, with the fallout that we've seen over the weekend, it is sounding as if, you know, there's probably only about a half a year left. You know, I think uh, it might or, be like, yeah, yeah, like a, so a half a year to a year, somewhere well, in that. I don't know range. if it's, uh, see, I don't know if it's a time frame. I think it's two fights. It's fights right? Yeah, I think it's just two fights. So in that right. time frame, they say, I guess, a little less than a year or something right. like that. So, so. so ultimately, they are pretty close to the end. So what I feel at this point, man, is. I do feel like Uncle Bob. Hey, you burnt that bridge, brother. <laughs> he did. You burned it to the but, ground. But but, but you know, I, I don't think. Okay, I think he burned burnt that bridge because he saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. I th- I think when when, yeah. when Crawford put him on the spot mm-hmm. and it's like basically ask him, I yeah. want to fight him. Look you know what I'm saying? Look at him. Yeah, looked at him, put him <clears> on the spot, and I think um, Bob Aaron's reaction. He might have saw the replay mm-hmm. of how he. Uh, uh, put on his best uh, key sweat impersonation <laughs> yeah. and was like, just, oh man, no, hey. he he's the best. He, he's the, you know, and he, Boy, he was begging like a, yeah, like a man who wife about to leave yeah, him Yeah, please, baby, please don't leave. But, um, and I think he might have saw that and was like, man, you know, uh-huh. yeah, I, I lost a lot of money over here, you know, kind of uh-huh. rebuffed that, you know, his original reaction, you know, but, um, and it was probably a little bit of guilt and pressure, you know, because uh-huh. you got, you have to treat your fight as well. That's how right. you keep, you know, um, and, and getting talent, but I, and I'll, I'll say this last thing about Bob. I listen. I love Bob Arum. You know why? He brought us Pacquiao. A lot of fighters. Uh, he he's a great procurer of young talent. talent right? Yeah. And, and you know what's interesting is as um as things sort of start to near the end for uh the Bob and Bud relationship, it's interesting that you know Bud is starting to pull back the curtain on a lot of stuff. And in a recent interview. Uh, Bud did admit he he pretty much gave Bob his props in regards to trying to make fights. Mm-hmm. So he didn't knock him on, you know, potentially trying to make, you know, the top fights. He was like, you know, I, I give him props on that. I can't never say that he didn't try to make, you know, the top fights with Al or anybody else. But where things started to de- deviate and Bud started to pull back the curtain on his real feelings of what's been going on, is the promotional side, all right? You know, and so we have a, uh, a kind of a war of words going on, you know, between, because just before the fight, 
Bob did an interview where he was talking about why hasn't Crawford gone on ESPN shows, talked to Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman, um, you name it. And what Bud is essentially saying is, Hell nah, player. <laughs> I'm just a fighter. Yeah, you do. You, you, you the promoter. promoter. You, you do supposed your to do that. And, and but see, that's a good point though. It, it's a really good point because mm-hmm. you know people expect him to be you know Mayweather be the antagonist or uh-huh. be you know you know, flashy or and something like that's not like, him. That's not him. Mm-hmm. And that's not his. Pro- but you know who that's not also that's also not Miguel Cotto. Mm-hmm. That's not Canelo Alvarez. That's not Lomachenko. That's not Lomach. That's not a lot of fighters who get a lot more pub mm-hmm. than Bud. You know, and so for for coming from, you know, his perspective, I understand that. Like, hey, you're a promoter. Promote. Why Mm -hmm. do do I need to put in legwork when, you know, I can fight for anybody. You're supposed to be able to do your job, do your job, Mm -hmm. which is what I was kind of getting at. Um, But there is something to. I want to say, Bud has gotten more exciting as of late. As a lightweight, he wasn't that exciting. Once he moved up and you know to the junior welterweight, and then you start we start seeing the exciting fights because I I I'll lift the curtain uh, to how long our friendship goes back. We went to um, was it two thousand. 2013? Yeah. yeah, 2013. Orlando, Florida. Orlando, Florida on mm-hmm. the uh, Miguel Cotto undercard. Right. Um, I think it was I uh, fought a Russian dude. I forget his name. Mm-hmm. He he put on a fight and. You know, and, 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 and let's tell them what sound they heard from the stands from us. Boo! <laughs> it wasn't Bud, it was Boo. Right. Just because it was such a boring fight, and mm-hmm. he was such a tactician with a guy who was overmatched that we felt like he should have really got him out of there. Mm-hmm. But I will say, Bud has hit his stride. He's blossomed into to that box office fighter to, you know, in my opinion, getting knocked down by Kaviaskis, mm-hmm. but coming back and then and then biting down on his mouthpiece is like, bro, I hit harder. I'm way more talented. You ain't got nothing more you can do. I'm about to get you out of there. Mm-hmm. And that and that's what he did. And so looking at the way he knocked out um, uh, Victor Postle, the way mm-hmm. he took care of Jeff Horn um, and Dongo to unify right. the, the junior welterweight division. Um, and then now you go to this Kell Brook knockout. He's gotten infinitely more exciting mm-hmm. as he's gone up in weight. So the question is, why hasn't his notoriety, right? right. His his recognition gone up. Which should fall on Bob. Yeah, which, right. which does fall on Bob because it's like, come on, man, he's doing his job, right? He's 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 pressing the action now. He's mm-hmm. not, you know, the more strategic kind of you know, he always had a dog in him, but sometimes he would really let the fight come to him in a sense that mm-hmm. he wouldn't, he would let it come to him, and then he wouldn't always finish with a flurry. You know, he was comfortable. And with you it. know what's interesting to your point, man, and I didn't even realize this until I heard it on the, um, the telecast of the Brook fight, but very quietly, like you said, Bud went from kind of being, like we said, kind of a, a not so exciting fighter to suddenly, I believe not they said. Be. He's KO'd people like eight straight times. Yeah. Like seven yeah. or eight straight KOs. And I sat back and I thought, I said, damn, wait a minute, Bud really yeah, has. Yeah, he, 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 really he, he, he stepped it up. Every, yeah. every opponent. And, you know, even, you know, with Bud, I really see his point. Because he, he even brought up points like the um, the Khan fight, for example. Now, that was... We all know how that went with Amir Khan. That man, was I'm, a, a, I'm still, a flippity, I'm, flippity, 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 flop, flop. I'm still mad. But, but Bud that. was even talking about with that particular fight. He's like, man, look, a lot of y'all don't even know that 
Bob didn't start promoting that fight till like a week before the fight. Wow. Only one week before the fight. That's that's telling, man. That's, you know what I mean? That's, so that's telling. So it, there's been a severe um fall off Dere, with dereliction of duty. Exactly. <laughs> fall off with, with Bob's, you know, attention to detail as it pertains to Bud Crawford. Yeah. But now, of course, Bud also said, I don't see that happening with Vasily Lomachenko, though. Ooh. And I, you know what, that, that, that's, that, that's, that's, that's another, another, another topic for another show, man. But that's our time. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate y'all for listening. Shout out to Nate Jones for coming Nate through. Jones. Hey, Ooh, Nate, Nate Jones. Jones. All right. This is Boxing Vibes TV, man. We love right. y'all. Hope right, y'all love salute. us like we love like, y'all. Like, subscribe, share Do this. That. Do right. that. Do that. Yeah.